Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Modern Love. And Modern Love is all about you living your absolutely most passionate, your healthiest, your most delicious life. And have we got a treat for you tonight? Because, you know, Modern Love does start with you, and that love has to live inside a very special treasure known as your body. Yes. Now, you may be saying, wait a minute, why is my body so important? Well, you're about to find out because tonight's guest is going to give you the X Factor recipe, the secret to health and fitness. And you know you feel so much sexier and the passion is so much better when you're healthy. Now, I've had the honor recently of appearing on the Dr. Oz show and working with a number of people from the shows we've been doing who are struggling with their weight. And one thing I have coached all those people on, and you're going to get some special secrets from tonight's guest, is that fitness comes from the inside out. It's not just what you do in terms of food and exercise. It's how you feel about yourself and how you do it. So it's a pleasure to let you know that whether it's losing weight, getting healthier, or finding that long-lost six-pack, there are millions of Americans just like you that have made fitness their goal for 2015. And Jim Kerwin, tonight's guest, is here to tell all of our audience members how to ease into the best shape of your life, regardless of age, weight, or your current fitness level. So I'm going to be taking notes myself. He says there are four key secrets of success that includes exercise, nutrition, knowledge, and the X factor. And the X factor is the most important of the four, but you have to know the recipe to succeed. Jim is the creator of Get America Moving and the author of The Exercise Factor. You can find Jim at www.getamericamoving.com. It's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Hello, Jim Curran. Hi, Dr. Brenda, and thank you so much for that introduction. It was wonderful. Really appreciate it. Well, it's great having you. Now, you first have to tell me where that charming accent hails from. Well, I live in Charleston in South Carolina, but I, I'm not obviously from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm from Dublin in Ireland. I've been oh. here in America for 11 years, 12 years nearly. Dublin is a lovely city. I was just there this past summer. Where and you? I have yeah, to it say, is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, fell in love with it, went to all the places that one goes, the oldest tavern in England, Excellent. and had a pint, <clears throat> my first ever Guinness. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's good. So, well, yeah, it's, it's, now speaking of pints, is Guinness something that if you are 
being healthy that you can have? I think I think you could have one or two. You know, my mom used to have a glass of Guinness every day with her lunch. And, oh, you know, it was, doc- it was doctor's orders. Now, this is going back to the 60s and, and maybe the early 70s. But that's what she did. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how, how, how successful it was, I suppose, at the end of the day. Um, unfortunately, she died of cancer in her, late, in her late 60s. So maybe it didn't work. But, you know, certainly Irish people believe that the odd Guinness here and there doesn't do you any harm. Oh, exactly. I did discover that it's a national tradition. It so, sure Jim, is. One of the things I know is that it was a tragedy in your early life that got you interested in fitness. Tell us about that, would you? I will. I will. Well, it goes back nearly 40 years. Um, I was just out celebrating my 20th birthday with uh, friends, uh, and I came home. It was just after midnight, and uh, I needed to go to the bathroom, as you do after a few pints of Guinness. And I passed my parents' bedroom. The, the door was slightly open. The light was on. And I could see my dad standing about five yards away from me. And I never said goodnight. I don't know why, but I wish I had. Because the next morning when I woke up or got up, my sister told me that my mum had taken dad to the the local hospital. And, you know, this was back in the the mid-70s, so there were no cell phones, so we had to wait for what seemed like an eternity. And eventually this car rolled up outside. It wasn't our car. And I was kind of shocked when my mum stood up, and only my mum stood up. And as she turned to walk towards the house, I knew from her body language and I knew from her face that dad wasn't coming home. And what had happened was he had died very quickly from a massive heart attack in the ER. So this was a major shock. I mean, I never saw it coming, never expected it. It was the last thing I was anticipating was for my dad, who was 47 at the time, to die. So 47? Yeah, 47. So that was, the, if you like, the genesis of why fitness and health is so important to me. Oh, my goodness. I can certainly understand that. So you're essentially saying that at age 47, which is so very young, and I'm very sorry you lost your dad so young and in such a shocking way, this was part of why you said, gee, maybe my dad didn't have to die if he had more information about nutrition and exercise. Well, that is essentially it. I mean, I really believe at this stage, you know, I hate to say sometimes I know because that sounds a little bit arrogant, but, you know, from all the research, from all of the the study that I've done over the years, I very strongly believe that we can influence our destiny very significantly. We can improve our life expectancy and we can improve the quality of life by the actions that we take. We we can't control the outcome. We don't know when we're going to die, but I believe that we can control the process. Yeah, and I know that that is true because I certainly have been following that research. So I'm going to back you up there, Jim, because we do know we're all going to, as a friend of mine used to say, punch the ticket at the exit door, but yeah. we don't have to do it 
you know, feeling in ill health and dragged down with fatigue because we're part of this epidemic that you write about that you call the inactivity epidemic. Now, what is What's the inactivity epidemic? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, we're all familiar with the, you know, the old thorny chestnuts, the obesity epidemic, diabetes, which is very closely related to that. And coming down the straight, unfortunately, is Alzheimer's is going to be a major issue over the next 20, 30 years, over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But I believe that underpinning these health problems is inactivity. Um, And I refer to it as the inactivity epidemic because I believe the vast majority of Americans, but not just Americans, but, you know, we're here in America, but the vast majority of Americans just don't exercise enough. And when I say exercise, I just want to clarify, I'm talking about moving, the extent to which they, they move, they're physically active in their life. Uh, It's not just about the exercise that we do at the gym or going for a walk or a run or a swim or a bike ride. It's the exercise we do or the activity we get throughout the day. So it's different than just saying, wow, I've got to go to the gym, because I have to say just yesterday I picked up a magazine that had an entire article about sitting and saying sitting is the new smoking that is yes. affecting health as much as the you know campaign against smoking said. So what yeah. are your ideas when it comes to because this ties right into what you're saying, Jim, about people needing to move throughout the day, not just that trip to the gym or not just the walk. Yeah. You see, if you if you think back to thirty or forty years ago and the, the kinds of things that we did. I mean, when I was a kid, all we did was, was spend our time outdoors playing. But playing amounted to running, jumping, cycling, swimming, climbing, chasing, playing hide-and-seek, whatever, whatever the game was, there was always activity in it. Every, everything we did centered around activity, and we were outside, and we didn't play games and computer games and and watch TV and all of that sort of stuff. Today, things have dramatically changed. We, the amount of that, what I call unplanned exercise, has been decimated in our lifetime. And we need to be really aware of those changes. You know, technology is great. Change and progressive change is wonderful. But there are, unfortunately, some negative byproducts, if you like. And we just need to be aware of those issues, and then we need to take action. So, for example, I'm standing here talking to you on the phone, and I'm walking in my office. I'm not sitting down. I'm walking and standing, and I'm getting some fairly basic exercise, but nonetheless, I'm moving and that's the kind of thing that we can do all the time. Very simple, nothing dramatic about it, but it all helps. Yeah, the the study I just read yesterday, it's funny, uh, said that just by moving more at home, whether it's cleaning, cooking, any of those things, just keep it moving, do squats while you do the dishes, that sort of thing, that you can literally improve your chances of avoiding a heart attack or heart disease 
by 29%. Now, that's dramatic. Yes. And you can, impre- you can increase your life expectancy by, by as much as eight or nine years. I mean, it, it, is, it really is potentially dramatic. Now, unfortunately, there's no guarantees. So you, you might, you know, do all of these things and then be just unlucky and a bit like my dad, I guess, die from a massive heart attack because we just don't know what's around the corner. But we're playing the odds here. It's like going to, in some respects, Las Vegas uh, and casinos and, you know, play, playing your cards carefully and just sort of minimizing your risk and increasing your chances of surviving for as long as possible. And of course, while you're here then, making sure that you've got a good quality of life, because unfortunately a lot of people are increasingly getting sick with chronic illness and illnesses that they're going to have for the rest of their lives, though many of them they can do something about, obesity yes. and one, diabetes now for those too. Who, right, those with questions, by the way, call us, 347 347- Nine eight nine zero seven seven six. Join the conversation. You can Facebook your question to us at Dr. Brenda Wade or tweet us at Dr. Brenda Wade and Cliff, our associate producer, standing by to take your question. And we do have our first question already, which is, I hate, repeat, hate exercise. What should I do? Well, my answer to somebody who says they hate exercise is maybe to ask them what do they mean by exercise because they probably have a pretty narrow definition of what exercise is. I would encourage you to kind of think about it in a much broader um, framework. Exercise runs from A to Z, from aerobics to Zumba. It includes all kinds of things, including dancing, Think back to when you were a kid and what did you enjoy doing? What activity did you really like, did you really enjoy? And then maybe consider re- re- you know, starting that again. There, there are so many different things that you can do. It's not about going to the gym. It's not necessarily about going for a run. I think people have very narrow definitions, and that's what causes the problem for so many people. Ah, so it could be something as simple and as fun as – Put on your favorite groove and let's move. Yeah, and why not? Around the house. All right. Absolutely. Go for a walk with your family on a Sunday afternoon out on the beach or by the lake or up the mountains. Go out on your bikes for a ride in your neighborhood. I mean, there, there, go for a swim. Go skiing if you're if you're living close. You know, whether it's cross country skiing or or downhill skiing. It yeah, really and those doesn't of you matter. who live in New York City in the winter, you can do that too. Just get those skis out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's the so Californian speaking. I know all my friends on the East Coast have these horrible winters. So one of the things that's really important is that anything that keeps you moving counts. That could be gardening. That could be taking your dog for a walk. It all counts, yes or yes. Absolutely. It it really does all count. And to be conscious of it throughout the day, drink plenty of water during the day, and it forces you to get up and go to the bathroom so that you're not sitting down all of the time. I mentioned, you know, the phone idea, walking up and down the stairs, you know, look, look for, instead of when you go to the shops, don't park closest to the shop. Park away from the, the and, and, and give yourself a 400-meter walk to and from the shops. You know, look for ways which are going to 
increase your activity without necessarily dramatically increasing the amount of time that you feel you're wasting. Because I think a lot of people feel, you know, they don't have time to do things. We're not talking about dramatic shifts. We're talking about lots of little things, and it makes, as we said earlier, so much difference. The lots of little things. Now, you have this concept. I was very excited about this. The X factor recipe. What is the X factor recipe? And those of you who have questions, don't be shy. Facebook us, tweet us, call us at 347-989-0776. We'd love to hear from you. So just to put it in context, in, in my book, the, what, I, what is called the exercise factor, which you can see kind of incorporates the X factor into it, I talk about four key drivers, and we've, we've mentioned exercise, obviously. Surprise, surprise. Nutrition is the second key driver. It's just so important that we, we eat well and healthily. Um, so those kind of two are, are obvious. They're given, and everybody understands their importance, I'm sure. Well, before Knowledge you is, nutrition, hold on. Before you leave yeah. nutrition, I yeah. want to make rules about nutrition that everyone should know what would you say is the most important thing people should do to make sure they're eating well well long term i I believe that they should try to avoid restrictive dieting i think they should try to eat eat healthily so minimize the the processed foods the the junk food, the sodas, those kinds of things that are manufactured and are not real food, and replace them as much as you can with real food. So obviously incorporating fruit and vegetables and nuts and pulses and all of these good things. And, and it's yeah, not about things that look the way they look when they they come from the earth. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's wonderful food. I mean, you can really enjoy that kind of food. You don't have to give up everything. You know, I I don't think you have to be absolutely rigid about this, but it's about managing the amount of food you take take in. Of course, the more exercise you you do, the more energy you need, and so you probably can afford to eat a little bit more. But it's trying to find a balance, to find a sustained lifestyle, right food, the right drink, you know, lots of water, Yeah, and you know, I want to say one thing, if I might, Jim. What you said about not dieting is crucial. With one of the ladies that I coached from the Dr. Oz show, a lady named Kai, and she told her story on one of our podcasts. You can look her up where it says Dr. Oz guest Kai tells her story. I absolutely insisted that she not diet anymore. She had been juicing for something to, they actually called it juicerexia. She'd been juicing for two years. Yeah. And initially she had a lot of success. And then, of course, when she started to eat regular food, she gained more weight than ever. She went up to 300 pounds. And when I said don't diet, just eat a regular amount of food. And we did the beautiful plate, you know, with half the plate has to be bright colors, all kinds of food. She didn't lose a single pound for six months, but, and you'll hear it, those of you who want to listen to her on the podcast with her, she said, for the first time in my life, I wasn't obsessed with dieting. 
I didn't lose a pound for six months. And then I started finally to exercise along with this just consistent diet. She lost 50 pounds in the next six months because her body was ready to release it. So dieting is a recipe for disaster. Please, please, please. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. And that's where this third driver, before we get to the X factor, comes in, the importance of knowledge. Because when you get access to the right information, whether it's information about exercise, information about nutrition, information about your health, whether it's stress or sleeping or drinking or, you know, whatever it is, getting the right knowledge is really important. But unfortunately, knowledge alone is not enough. And you well, have that to leads figure- us to the next question that we just got, Jim. It's funny that you say that. This is from Rachel in San Diego. And Rachel says, I know all of this already. I'm yes. just so bored. I don't want to stick with it. So I'm packing She says she's packing 30 extra pounds. Yeah. Okay, so will we talk about the X-Factor recipe for success? For Rachel? All right, Rachel, hang tight. Here it comes. The X-Factor recipe for success. Go for it, Jim. Okay, so recipe obviously is an acronym. So each of the letters stands for something, and they all kind of work together together. It's, it's a recipe. It's a bit like a recipe of a cake. So all of the ingredients of the cake work kind of holistically or synergistically together to produce something special. So R is for resolve. You, you have to be determined to do this. You have to want to do this. You have to kind of draw a line in the sand to move forward. You have to persevere, especially at the start. You know, this is not going to be easy. Change, significant change especially, never is. So you have to have the resolve and the determination to succeed. So that's the first ingredient. Okay, and then we've got E. E is for energetic. So you want to bring as much energy to the table as you can. And to do that, you have to be enthusiastic. Ideally, you have to be passionate about wanting to do this. So to go back to the question, the previous question, you know, I I, I don't like exercise, so how can I exercise if I hate it? Well, you have to find something that you're going to be enthusiastic about. It could be the Zumba. It could be the Kaylee dancing in Ireland, you know, the Irish dancing that you did when you were a kid. Start doing it again, exercise activity. But you have to be energetic and enthusiastic and bring passion to the table. The third one is really important, and it's C is for cause. You have to find a cause which will inspire you to succeed. My cause was my dad. It was easy for me in many respects because his death led me to say, okay, I don't want to die when I'm 47, so I'm going to do something about it. And, you know, his legacy perhaps is the fact that I took his cause forward and, and, you know, so health and exercise and fitness is such an important part of my life. But having a cause, if you don't have a dad who died, maybe it's, it's your kids, something to do with your kids or your spouse or your grandkids or maybe your parents. But, you know, find a great cause 
and it will be an amazing facilitator of your success. I is for involved. Don't do this yourself. Find other people. Find some friends. Find your family. Find work colleagues. Do it together. Form a group, a team, and do this together. Get involved in your cause. And get involved in your P. Your P is for project. Now, I don't really like the term project, but it was the only word I could find beginning with P. So what I mean by project, what I mean by project is find an event. It could be three or four months away, like a walk in your local town, a a 5K walk, a three-mile walk, a five-mile walk, depending on where you're at. And get your friends together and say, hey, let's do this walk in three or four months' time. And let's put a plan in place which is going to get us ready to be able to do that walk. An incredibly powerful way to put organization and structure onto the process that you have just started. Because if you go without a goal, without some result that you're trying to achieve, the chances of, your, of you succeeding are a lot less. So P All right, is for so project. you're going to have a goal, and I love it also that you put there that you want to be involved because the research shows, I'll talk just a tiny bit of research here, that if you do your fitness and your nutrition with someone else, whether it's someone you live with or you have a group of friends together who are all going to do that walk together, you're more likely to stick with it, especially if you're female because women yeah. are hardwired to do things socially. Men tend yeah. to stick with their plan a little better on their own than women, but it's still, I love it that you said have a goal. That's something I actually hadn't thought of. Yeah, it's so important, and I get into this in a lot of detail in the book. I have another acronym, which we won't have time to get into, called PROJECT. So the project, the P for project breaks down into PROJECT, and it's all about planning and results and outcome and journaling, uh, you know, and, and reviewing and implementing, executing, all, all of these things which are important pieces of the jigsaw. Um, because this is not rocket science. It's about putting some structure onto a process and, and really doing what successful people are already doing. Great. So the so what e, is that final E? Yes. The E, the e is for, well, let me... Let me summarize again. So R is for resolve. E is for energetic. C is for cause. I is for involved. P is for project. And E is for extraordinary. The outcome will be extraordinary if you put all of these ingredients into the mixer and make it happen. And you can do this. And the outcome will be extraordinary and you will succeed. Well, here's one cause that might motivate you, is that by being healthy, you'll have an extraordinary love life because you'll have that much more energy, feel that much more sexy, and enjoy passion so much more. How's that for a cause? Absolutely. I love it. And that's an extraordinary outcome, and we want everybody to have that because having a healthy body helps create healthy love, and that is a part of what we stand for here with modern love. So everybody, get moving. Use your X-Factor recipe 
And then quickly, can you tell us the five essential stages of the new lifestyle that you want everyone to get moving on? The five essential stages. Well, I call when you go down this road and you put the X factor into place, you're, you're now working on your exercise, you're now looking after your nutrition, you're improving your knowledge, you're acquiring this knowledge, and, and, and implementing the X factor, I refer to this as your new lifestyle mission. So in other words, you're on a mission. So very quickly, the five stages are, number one, you actually have to decide that you're going to be on a mission and you have to decide what that mission is. So the journey, where are you going? It's about goals, where are you heading? The big picture, if you like. That's really important. Number two is to take stock of where you are today. Really important to kind of figure out, well, here's where I am. That's where I'm going to. And then step three is, how am I going to get there? What's my plan, my project plan, starting with your first project? And then when you've got your plan, you have to implement the plan. So that's stage four. And stage five is then reviewing that plan and probably, you know, going over it all again in your second project because usually what you need to do is to have back-to-back projects over a long-term sustained period of time and that's what successful people do if you observe them they keep doing this repeating it not because they feel they have to because they want to and they love doing what they're doing wow well we love it that you're bringing the recipe the X Factor recipe and the five essential stages. Lots to think about. Everybody, the simple, long, and short of it is make a choice. Make a choice to address your health and your well-being in 2015. It makes living all of your dreams possible, especially the dream of good love. And check out Jim Curlin. You can find him at triple dub dot. Let's see. Let's get that right. GetAmericaMoving.com. GetAmericaMoving.com. And Jim's book is The Exercise Factor. Thank you so very much, Jim Curran. And I'll meet you for a pint at the Brazen Head in Dublin. Hey, that sounds like a plan, Dr. Brenda. I love it. All right. Thank you, everyone. I want to thank our producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and thank all of you for being committed to having the best love ever and the best health. All right, blessings. Good night.